0: Hello and welcome to Athlete to Adult, a podcast where we guide you through the transition from athlete to adult by talking to those that have lived it. I'm your host, Danielle Day. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're talking to Megan Lewis. Megan grew up in Ohio and slam at the University of South Carolina. She's now a trainer and a fitness coach who focuses on helping retired female athletes find their life after sports. Megan is a bodybuilder herself. She's an NQ NPC bikini athlete. Megan, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Super excited. We're so happy to have you. Let's start out by giving our listeners a little background on your athletic resume.
1: Yeah, so I started swimming when I was seven. (laughs) So swam from the time I was seven until I graduated college at 22. Um, I primarily swam with the Dayton Raiders all throughout, um, you know, my, you know, little kid ages through high school um, here in Dayton, Ohio, and then upon graduating high school went on to swim for four years at the University of South Carolina. Um, I was a IMer. 400 IM was my primary event. Um, I qualified for the 2012 Olympic trials in the 400 IM. So that was kind of what really, you know, that, that was my pinpoint event. Um, I swam that all through college along with backstroke. And then I dabbled in distance freestyle at the end of my swimming career. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, swimming has been a huge part of my life. It always will be. Um, it's really just shaped me into, you know, the person that I am and the, you know, the things that I feel like I drive myself towards and all that kind of stuff. So swimming has had a huge impact on my life and kind of helped shape me into who I am and
0: continue to be. I feel, I feel like most most people that like, especially the people that made it to college swimming feel that way. And you kind of have no choice, but to feel that way, because it takes so much time and energy that it really does take up like a big part of your soul as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. I would agree. You know, one thing that I actually kind of came to the realization to within this past year is Um, you know, as retired athletes, you know, yeah, we're a retired athlete, but being an athlete is forever a part of us. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, I mean, I came to this realization because I was, inducted into my high school's athletic hall of fame. And when I went to the ceremony, there were other retired athletes of 30, 40 plus years also being inducted. And they, you know, everyone, we we all got up and got to talk about something and everyone talks about how their sport and their coaches and all that shaped them. And in that moment, I was like, we are forever athletes. Like just because we have this retired in front of us now, being an athlete is forever a part of us. And it's, I believe a very positive
0: thing. I I agree. And I think that that's a really great point. Congrats on the, on the hall of fame. That's really Thank fun. Thank you. Yeah, it
1: was, it was very cool. And it felt really nice to be recognized for, as you know, something you work incredibly hard
0: for, for a very long time. For sure. So now we've talked a little bit about your athletic background. Tell us what you've been up to since your athletic career ended. Maybe if you want to start kind of with the end of your athletic career, what that was like, and then kind of move into what you've been up to since. Yeah. So my athletic
1: career ended um, at my last meet at SEC's. The 1650 or the mile was my last event. (laughs) So, um, you know, I, from the moment I touched the wall at the very end, it was just this, like, rush of, like, what's next? Um, you know, in the moment, I mean, for me, I'm a, I'm a crier, so I touched the wall, instantly, tears, um, and then, you know, there's excitement and, and thrill and all this question of what's next, and, um, you know, you're told, You know, you're, yes, this sport is a part of you, but it does not define you. And you're told that in the moment, you know, I'm pretty sure many retired athletes can connect with that phrase. Um, So you're told that in the moment, but the truth is we are defined by our sport. I mean, I know for me personally, for those 15 years, I was, I defined myself as a swimmer. You know, I defined myself as a college athlete. And so post-retirement was a really big challenge. Um, I, after I graduated, I moved to Texas, I actually went into coaching um, for swimming, I joined a a, a, on staff a club team down in Houston, Texas, and that's where I started coaching I was there for a year, absolutely loved it Uh, position actually opened up with my old club team um, here in Dayton, Ohio, and it was a step up in positioning I was in Uh, control of two of my own groups, a, you know, 13, 14 and a high school level group. And so I moved back and I coached for two years. And then, uh, almost two years ago, now it'll be two years in August transitioned out of coaching swimming and started my own personal training and nutrition business. So that's kind of how my work life has transitioned from being a retired, like from athlete to adult, um, as far as, personal life, it was insanely challenging, um, in all aspects, to be quite honest, you know, the first in the social life aspects, I mean, as an athlete, you kind of are put into an instant family anywhere you go, no matter what age you're at, no matter what level you're at, when you join a team, you join a community, you join a family, and those are your instant friends. And so, I never really had to experience what it was like to make friends on my own. And so that was one very, very challenging, especially when I moved, you know, to Texas, I knew no one in Texas. Um, I had actually, you know, I had a couple connections, but on my own really. And so that was really a big challenge. And then even when moving back home to Dayton, Ohio, it was still a challenge. I was just struggling with this how do I make friends? Um, and then in deeper internal, of battle of learning my new sense of self, um, my new, my new aspect of who am I, who am I without my sport? Um, you know, how, what are things that I love outside of my sport? What other hobbies do I enjoy? Um, so when it came to trying new things, once I was done swimming, I actually immediately jumped into something else. Um, probably two days after secs, I joined our masters diving team, um, out of South Carolina. So I dove for the summer. I went to a masters dive meet with some super, super close friends that, um, that were that dove at South Carolina. They're the ones that had the masters team. And so I I did some diving. I did some Olympic lifting with our weight coach there. um, And that was really fun. And then when I moved to Texas, I started CrossFit. Um, And that was like the first form of training that felt almost as intense as swimming. And that's why I liked it so much because your heart rate is elevated for basically the the whole time. It's really, it's a long progression and all that kind of stuff. Um, I continued CrossFit when I moved back to Dayton um and then i got bored <laughs> and so i stopped crossfit altogether and that was kind of when i took my like 4 month plus break of not doing anything um and you know it was a struggle because i just i wasn't sure what to do and that's and then even I feel like i'm kind of just rambling but like this is all the stuff that started to happen and like this is kind of how it felt internally was just this like longing and this confusion of what do, what am I supposed to do like and that's kind of that's how it all felt for a very long time
0: so I think you probably hit on these maybe in in your description of your life since your sport but what has been the most challenging or some of the most challenging parts of your life after a sport and then what have you done to kind of address them like you said you always define yourself as the swimmer and you struggle to find your sense of self in that period. Uh, For me personally, I struggled with the same thing and I don't think that there's ever like an answer. I found this one thing I it's fixed. I'll be good for the rest of my life. But what have you done lately or kind of in your, in the last couple of years that has helped you um, deal with all of your challenges, including that kind of sense of self?
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely think the biggest struggle post-retirement is
0: you're kind of more similar, like my husband is more of the he loves the extreme. He got straight into marathons after he was done swimming. He loves running. He loves the like training and pushing his body as far as he can and the social aspects and all of that. And that's just not it's just not for me. It's like I don't think bo- bodybuilding, I don't think is for me. But I think that there are a lot of aspects of it that if applied healthily and properly, probably through a coach or some kind of mentoring that a lot of athletes could um, benefit from. So do you recommend bodybuilding for like all athletes, some athletes, or how do you, if someone's interested, what do you, what do you recommend to them advice wise?
1: Yeah, so I definitely think it's very specific. I mean, individualized. You know, I don't think that bodybuilding would be the answer for all retired athletes, just like. I mean, a lot of retired athletes also go the the direction of becoming a competitive CrossFitter, um, being competing in the CrossFit world, um, kind of the same and kind of the same thing. CrossFit is incredibly intense. It takes extreme training measures, um, to get to a very competitive level of that sport. Um, so just like, I mean, and for me, like CrossFit wasn't for me. So like, just like anyone else, I wouldn't say that bodybuilding would be the answer for all retired athletes that feel like they're struggling. Um, my best advice, if someone would be interested is one, it is not a quick fix. So, you know, as athletes, as athletes who have transitioned out of always being in shape and always, you know, for the most majority of the time, feeling pretty good about our physiques, bodybuilding is not an answer to, okay, that's going to get me back to my lean muscle mass or, you know, I'm just going to do this for fun. It is a pretty serious decision because it is a lifestyle change. You do become an athlete again. Um, you know, your training is very important. Your nutrition is very important. Everything within your life is very important for you to be able to reach the goals that you have. So my advice is if you are interested in bodybuilding to do your research, um, communicate with other competitors communicate with other bodybuilders ask questions see how they got into it see what they like what they don't like any advice that might be there and if any of it resonates with them or connects with them then it you might be in a position where bodybuilding might be a really great thing for you to test out um and then get a coach if you're going to be a bodybuilder get a coach because so much more goes into it than just, you know, lifting weights to become stronger and then decreasing your calories. Um, hormones have to be in check, um, because your hormones can, when you are in prep, your, um, hormones can get pretty, all over the place because your calories get really, really low. Um, and then when you transition from low calories and start to increase your calories, if you are unable to do it successfully and in a healthy way, you can really mess up your overall hormone balance. Um, whether it be with your estrogen, testosterone, thyroid, cortisol, all of those hormones are incredible, incredibly important and huge parts of this sport. So there's a lot more that goes into it than weight training and decreasing your calories. You have to focus on all things and if that's something you don't know so much about, it's it's just it's crucial for you to get a coach to help guide you so you can learn. Um, so that would be my best advice would be to reach out, ask questions. And then if you find that it continues to spark your interest, look for a coach that can, that can help guide you and show you the path so you can healthily and sustainably become an athlete.
0: You are a coach trainer and a nutrition coach. How did you kind of end up going, um, down that road. And then will you share a little bit with us about what you do, uh, with new life with Meg?
1: Yeah. So upon COVID, <laughs> um, when COVID hit and everything shut down, you know, I, I wasn't ready to just sit on the couch and, you know, doing, I was still wanting to keep my exercise routine and all of that. So I started to, you know, write my own workouts and do my own training sessions outside, um, with whatever I had. And then within there, I had friends that wanted to join in. So then we would have FaceTime, we would do FaceTime workouts where I would write the workout for everyone. And I would take everyone through the workout and we'd execute it together. And it was during COVID that I also hired my nutrition coach because I started to see progress from the training that I was doing myself. And then out of nowhere, the progress just Completely slowed down. It just totally stopped, and I didn't understand why. And I realized the piece that is missing is my nutrition. And so I hired a nutrition coach. Found out that I was incredibly under eating um, because I had thought that you know I needed to eat lower carbs to hit my goals. When in fact I was eating probably like I think it was 80 grams less carbs a day, which to like put into a full perspective can be anywhere from one to two meals shy of my carb goal. And so I was really under eating. Um, so yeah, so I hired my nutrition coach. So through writing my own fitness workouts and then having a nutrition coach, I realized that it was something I really enjoyed doing, that I really enjoyed the process of, of executing and learning. So I decided to get my certification and personal training and nutrition. Um, and then once I became certified, I decided that I wanted to transition away from swim coaching and start my own business of personal training and nutrition coaching to help retired female athletes find their, their new sense of self post athletic lifestyle. Um, because it was something that I struggled with for three years, which is, I feel, way too long to be struggling with. Um, that is what kick started me wanting to become a personal trainer and nutrition coach and start my business so I could help other retired athletes not feel so lost for so
0: long. I just, I love that story and I think it's so true. I feel like we were kind of on similar, like timelines for getting to, we went through our own few years of turmoil and then finally got to a place where we found a little niche where we could help folks hopefully get to the same place a little bit sooner and, you know, have the resources and community to support them through those, those tough times. Mm -hmm. What parts of being a coach do you enjoy most?
1: So I think, you know, my favorite thing of being a coach is definitely just helping females find their sense of confidence again, because, you know, confidence is a huge thing and, you know, confidence, a lot of the time can be very much heavily related to how we physically view ourselves to our physical appearance. Um, but within my programming, you know, I focus not just on the outside, but the inside, um, and making sure that you're feeling mentally good as, as well as physically good. And I think that the, you know, the funnest part is just hearing my clients say, I have never felt this confident before, or I have never, you know, I don't remember the last time I felt this confident within myself and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's fun to see that the confidence grows from within. It's not growing because they look like, yes, looking at themselves in the mirror and seeing and liking what they see is helping with the confidence, but experiencing what it took to get there and experiencing how much better they feel because of the changes that they're making brings them more confidence And when you're feeling better, the physical side is just going to continue to to soar with it. So that's definitely my favorite part is watching, you know, these females and my, my clients find their confidence again, or get their confidence back.
0: I think that that's, I'd love to talk about your long-term goals for your coaching. You've been doing it for almost two years now, right? So what, what are you looking forward to in the short term or even in the long term?
1: Yeah. So, you know, what, what I really want to do and what I, where I really want to take, take this is to just continue to expand and to continue to, you know, grow within the community. You know, I, I want this to become a community. Um, You know, I don't want it to just be, I have clients. I want it to be, I have a community of women who are working together to achieve their goals. Yes. So it is online based. I kind of forgot like to answer that part of the question of how it works, but it's online. It's an online based training program. So no matter where you are at, we could work together. Um, and then from there, I want to be able to create a community of all of the females so that We can all communicate. We can all push each other. We can all share things, share the success, share the goals. So no matter where you are within the country, you have that community. So yes, you know, it's individual programming, it's individual nutrition, but you have a a full support system. And so that's really where I want to take this. I want it to grow so much to be a community. And on top of that, you know, I actually have started, I, I I coach competitors as well now. Um, so I do coach bodybuilding athletes. I coach bikini competitors. So opening up that Avenue too to create a community of, of bikini athletes of bodybuilding athletes as well is is an Avenue that I want to continue to grow within. So, you know, creating just this, this big community of women who want to find their confidence, want to find their missing piece, want to find their new sense of self post athletic lifestyle and build it all together. So they 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 can see that no matter where you're at in life, you can always have a support system.
0: I love that. I think that that community part will be so helpful for so many folks at different points in their in their lives and in their nutrition and their fitness journeys. Speaking yeah. of that, who should get a coach? who, you know, who should look for you as a coach, if they're interested, or maybe other kinds of coaches, if they're not kind of your niche. So talk about kind of the different things you offer different things, maybe other coaches offer if people are, are struggling and trying to figure out whether a coach would be helpful and worth the expense for them.
1: Yeah. So I think a big sign that a coach would be incredibly beneficial for you is if, You have been, you know, trying and dabbling in things on your own, but you just feel like there's something more for you. There's something else out there. You know, there's a missing piece or you're not too sure what to do. Um, you know, as retired athletes, we've always been the executor. We've always been the person that executes the plan. A plan is placed in front of us and we execute. And I think when you are able to have someone that is supporting you and guiding you and creates a plan for you, the executing of that plan comes naturally to us as retired athletes. And so for me and with my niche of working with retired female athletes, if you are a retired athlete who is struggling post-retirement, whether that be you are just retired or you are 10 plus years retired, I have had both ends of the spectrum. You know, I've had women in their forties who are retired athletes who are still struggling. And so no matter what end of the spectrum you are within your retirement phase, knowing that it's okay to have support and guidance to help get you where you want to be is, is, is incredibly, it can be so beneficial. So as far as with me, you know, if you are just feeling like there's a missing piece or, you know, there, you know, that there's more out there for you, then I would absolutely love to help you find that and to help you get that. Um, or if you want to compete, I would absolutely love to help you get ready for the show and teach you about the wonderful sport of bodybuilding. You know, it's given me so much within this first year and a half. So being able to share that with potential athlete uh, with other potential athletes is something that I'm super excited about as well. Um, And then when it comes to, you know, other, other coaching aspects, whether that be life coaches or business coaches or whatever it may be, just coaching in general can be so beneficial because it gives you that support. It gives you that guidance. It gives you that second set of eyes. We are our own worst critic. So when we have someone else there to show us, look how far you actually have come and remind us that we have so much more, we have so much more positive growth to achieve That is the part that really helps to get us to where we want to be. That is the part of a coach that can be incredibly beneficial for you is to that second set of eyes to show you, you have come so far, remember where you started and
0: don't be so hard on yourself. (laughs) That's a good reminder for everyone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Especially now, I think there's just so many things and, and we are, I think our own worst critic most of the time. Where can people find you? If they're interested in working with you or even just interested, interested in connecting with you to, you know, learn more about you and your journey.
1: Yeah. So you can connect with me on Instagram. Um, Megan Lewis fitness is my Instagram handle. Um, that's where I do all of my communicating. So you, my email is in there, um, you know, an application to apply for a one-on-one coaching call. That doesn't necessarily, you know, it's not a you signed up kind of thing. That is a time for us to be able to communicate. Um, I'm super big on connection and vibe and making sure that we would be a good fit for each other. So that's just a time for us to get to know each other and to dive a little bit deeper into what it would look like for us to work together to get you to where you want to be. Um, Or you can just simply shoot me a DM. You can send me a message on Instagram with any questions that you might have. Um, I love being able to be a resource and, you know, you don't have to be a client to ask me questions. Um, So you, anyone and everyone can reach out with questions, comments, concerns, or just anything that they're interested in. And
0: hopefully I can help them in some way. I love that. I, I think that we could definitely, this has been a great, I think, episode on like your experience, but I think that we could definitely have you on to talk about specific kind of more of a teaching, a coaching episode with specific um, like exercise and nutrition guidance in the future. Yeah, um, I absolutely
1: love that. That'd be great. I'd love to, you know, go into a little bit deeper dive of what it, what it looks like to kind of have a training and nutrition routine. Um, you know, I think, and you might, you might, you might relate to this. I think the funny thing is as retired athletes is like, you'd think we'd know, you'd think that we would have an understanding of how to work out for ourselves, like how to go to the gym or what we, even if it's not a weightlifting routine, you know, what bar or Pilates or whatever it may be, you'd think that we would step in there and be like, heck yeah, like I know what to do but I know for me prior to a coach, like I would just be lost. It's like, okay, yeah, I lifted all four years through college, but what am I supposed to do in here? And so (laughs) like, you know, giving that guidance to, you know, talk, you know, talk about that, especially when it comes to nutrition, because as athletes, we kind of just ate and ate and ate because that's what we were told to do. And we were able to do that. And so, you know, a deeper dive into what it looks like post athletics, um, is something that I'd absolutely love to do because I think a lot of people would be surprised that you still need to eat a good amount of food.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think that the nutrition is one thing that I have seen the folks around me struggle with probably the most of anything, you know, our fair share of under eating for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that just comes from we spent our lives in a sport that was super high intensity, but also super cardio based. And so we could eat whatever we wanted, pretty much in whatever amount, And we were still generally going to be really lean. And I that sets you up for, can set you up for failure. That if you want to try to maintain that in, in your whole life, it's just not possible. Like we were talking about earlier, it's an extreme My body is not meant to look now and for the next hopefully 60, 70, 80 years of my life like it did in the five years end of high school, college where I was pretty like lean and muscular. And so I I like that. I think that nutrition piece is really helpful on the under eating side, but also even if you're not struggling with under eating just proper nutrition I know much more about nutrition now and I pay more attention now to what I'm eating than I did when I was in college and I just it's it's almost sad like it's sad it makes me wish I could go back and pay better attention not in a bad way not in a dieting way but just paying attention to how what I was eating was fueling my body and preparing me to perform in the classroom and as a friend and then also as an athlete
1: absolutely I think you know it's pretty wild seeing how much I eat now not as a swimmer I think back to okay I thought I ate a lot as a swimmer but considering how much I'm eating now I probably still needed to be eating more for my for that sport for that sport specific you know as athletes, everything was specific to our sport. And so that transition, you know, it, tra- it transitions throughout life. I mean, you know, as females, when when you get pregnant, you're, everything has to change. You have to, you have to transition for each stage of your life. But one thing I can heavily emphasis is that low calorie diet, no matter what transition of life that you are in is the answer for an extended period of time. You know, yes, eating, eating lower calories or cutting out carbs can be beneficial for certain things, but not for a lifestyle. So like when it comes to that transition, when it comes to the lifestyle, when it comes to your nutrition, every phase of your life, every, no matter what avenue you're going down is going to have a different need and a different specific, like specific, different specific needs for that part of your life. And that's just something that you have to learn as you go um, and be open to the aspects of being okay with support in case you need it during that time.
0: For sure. I love that. We might have to, we'll have to circle back on this. And I think that we can have a a nutrition-based episode only. um, Yeah, future. So we'll get on that. We're (laughs) going to go to the last little section here for some quick questions and you can give quick answers or elaborate a bit if if you'd like. What's one piece of advice you would give based on your post-swimming experience to someone who's about to go into their transition to adulthood or someone that has recently um, kind of made that transition?
1: Biggest piece of advice, give yourself some grace. Allow yourself to succeed. Allow yourself to be okay with failure in your transition outside of sport because it's a new phase, it's a new way of living. And in any new part of life, you're going to have success and you're going to have failure, but you're going to learn and you're going to grow from both. So remind yourself that it's okay. Give yourself self perspective. Keep your heart and mind open and don't forget to give yourself grace throughout the entire transition.
0: That's wonderful advice. People should just take that little clip and yeah. run it back on their good days and their bad days because that is that is just, just wonderful. <laughs> kind of no matter where you're at in your transition. Yep. What do you do to make sure that you're performing at your best?
1: So this is, I still, I, I, I focus big time or try to, I guess I should say I try to keep my mind in a positive place, listening to, listening to what my mind is telling me and not ignoring it. It goes back to the extreme of an athlete. You know, It's all eyes forward, go, 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 go. But sometimes when you go, 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 you forget about the pieces that also need taken care of. Um, so, you know, you're, you're resting, you're making sure that you are mentally in a really good place to continue to go, go, go. So I think one thing that I continue to learn and I continue to grow with every single day is reflecting and then reacting to that reflection, you know, allowing myself to see what's going on around me, allowing myself to understand what I'm feeling and why I'm feeling it. So I can create a good plan to keep myself moving forward in a positive direction. Um, you know, I struggle with it. I, I, I find that I do continue to ignore sometimes or push things that down that maybe aren't in the moment, seeming like they're super, super important, but the squashing and the squashing and the squashing only ends up boiling over to me realize, well, okay, that was something I should have listened to earlier on. So I think, you know, something that I work on to keep myself going is to continue to reflect and and listen to my mind.
0: I think that's true. We can rush through our life with all the things that we have going on, especially when we're kind of coming out this other side, of the pandemic a little bit there's more and more activities more and more stuff going on but it's important to make sure we take a second to look inward into our most important relationships to see what needs some love and affection yes what is your favorite podcast
1: my favorite podcast is girls gotta eat Uh, I probably started listening to it 6 to 8 months ago started at the very beginning and I've gone through every single episode still trying to catch up um but it is a podcast run by two ladies who are hysterical um and they just cover a lot of things when it comes to the female life whether you're in a relationship single you're moving to a new city making friends socializing it's just a whole bunch of female life empowerment and they do it in a very hysterical way. So
0: that's definitely my favorite one. <laughs> I think that I need to subscribe to that. I love a good podcast. Most of mine are like educational kind of nonfiction ones, but that mm-hmm. one sounds like it'd be a little bit of like a bright spot in what can otherwise be kind of Yeah. Like and they, they boring. do a lot.
1: There's a lot of educational in it. Actually they bring a lot of um, guests on. So they have guests, you know, that talk about, um, you know, your, your, um, Oh, what's it called? Like your, your communication, how you communicate with it, like with a partner or mm-hmm. your method of communication and all of that kind of stuff. So they have a whole bunch of different guests that come on and, and to expand your knowledge on, you know, the female mind, the male mind, they have doctors, they have, they've had doctors come on. So it's, it's a lot of everything, you know, they're comedians, but they also provide a lot of very informational things, so I mean, it's
0: just a great podcast all around. <laughs> that sounds fun. We'll be sure to link that in the show notes, and then we'll also link to your Instagram in case anyone is interested in getting in contact with you. Last question is, who is someone else that we should have on the podcast?
1: So um, I've actually been following her for a while. She has a pretty big following on Instagram. In fact, you might even follow her. Um, her Instagrams it's called Fueling Former Athletes. Yeah. Yeah, I love her. Yes. I think that if you were able to get her on, that would be an very informative, informative, um, show and an episode because, you know, she, she covers a lot of her focus is big on the nutrition side on food positivity, post-athletics, um, and, you know, not always, having to feel food focused or have a negative relationship with food. So that's someone that I think would be super beneficial because she, you know, she has the same kind of thing, helping former athletes, um, and their relationship with food post athletics.
0: That's a great suggestion. I'll link her Instagram also in the show notes, in case anyone that's listening is interested in a resource related to nutrition, particularly former at for former athletes she is great. And she's another one where there's a little bit of everything. She's a great follow and really fun. So I really appreciate that. um, That (laughs) suggestion. Thank you so much for joining us today. I learned a ton and think your story is so wonderful. And I think our listeners will learn a lot and hopefully some of them will consider reaching out to get a coach, whether that's nutrition and exercise based or a life coach or finance coach or anything else. So thanks so much for being on. I hope you enjoyed it. Yes, I did. Thank you so much for reaching out. I'm super glad we got to do this. Thanks for listening to Athlete to Adult. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support us, subscribe to the podcast or leave a rating and review. To catch the latest from us, check out our website or follow us on Instagram at Athlete to Adult. See you next time.